Hello everyone, I'm Lauren. And I'm Amy. And we're the co-presidents of Future Lawyers. Today we're so excited to have Karina join us and tell us a little bit more about her journey at McGill. So before we start, Karina, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Karina Vandenhoven. I'm going into my third year at McGill doing a Bachelor of Arts and I'm a major in political science and doing a minor in philosophy and international development. And I'm really excited to be here with you guys and answer some fun questions. All right, so let's begin. The first question that we have today is what were your high school experiences like? So I went to school in Toronto and I actually had a really great opportunity to really excel in academics because I went to a school called University of Toronto Schools and there I was really able to kind of really focus on my academic self and also on extracurriculars. I had the really great opportunity to be involved with lots of different extracurriculars and I would recommend that anybody in high school be able to, you know, diversify what you're doing and try to do as much as you can so I was involved in things like model UN mock trial I was in like my school show I did choir and band and lots of different things like that and I had an amazing time in high school and it was just a great experience for me and that was the way that I was able to figure out that I wanted to go to McGill and wanted to pursue a career in law so yeah yeah actually we've heard of UTS before so yeah. that's pretty cool <laughs> So then I guess the next question would be, what is McGill University like and why did you choose to go there? Yeah, McGill University has given me a lot of opportunities to, you know, explore around Montreal and also have the ability to take so many different classes and I didn't even think I would be interested in, but was able to get interested in because of McGill offering such a wide variety of courses that you can take. And I decided to go to McGill because it was really important to me that the school that I went to, you know, be kind of well regarded and I wanted to go to one of the best schools in Canada and I knew that McGill had a really good law program and that they had a really good kind of undergraduate program and I wanted to kind of be able to strengthen that and you know I had grown up in Toronto but I also really wanted to be able to branch out a little bit and be able to go to a different place while also being able to still be in a big city and that was something that was really important to me as well as having the avenues to explore the things that I like doing so that's just a little bit of why I decided to go to McGill University and it's a great school I wouldn't be worried about if you don't speak a lot of French coming to McGill I know it can be a little bit daunting because it's in Montreal, but I haven't had any issues. I feel like I know people who speak perfect French and people who speak no French, and they both have great experiences at the school. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to be able to go back to in-person classes because we had it all online this year, and that's going to be lots of fun, I think. So what was the application process like for you to apply to McGill? So the application process for McGill was actually really simple and that's not something that I thought was going to be, you know, in high school you get a lot of the, you know, you gotta strengthen that resume, you gotta have those extracurriculars and that was something that certainly for other schools a lot more of them look at that kind of extracurricular and those other things other than grades but for McGill it was actually a very simple process where applied from an Ontario school I kind of just looked at what the averages were and then I applied and I sent over my OUAC number which was the kind of identifying factors that they could see my grades and then I just waited and <laughs> that's definitely not the process for other schools 
schools, you know, when I applied to U of T, I had to answer like questionnaires and things like that. But when I went to McGill, they literally just emailed me in like February and were like, good job. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so it was definitely a much simpler process than I thought it would be. And did you think about like applying to universities outside of Canada or only in Canada? Yeah, so I considered it. I did take things like AP English in grade 11 and things like that. But I figured that with the amazing universities that we have in Canada, it just wouldn't have been something that I necessarily wanted to do just with all of the money and the fact that, you know, I think that the schools here in Canada are great and I would want to have pursued law school in Canada anyway. So I decided not to apply to those American schools and the process to apply to those American schools would have been, I think, a little bit harder and not applying to those gave me the opportunity to kind of focus more on things that I actually wanted to do in high school as opposed to spending a lot of time writing the SATs, writing the Common App and things like that. So how did you decide which university to attend with your hope to pursue law in mind? Yeah, so I kind of had made a list of the schools that I really wanted to go to. I feel like everybody's first thing that they do when they want to decide what university to go to is they look up best school for this in Canada. So that's definitely something that I did as well. And I had my list and from there it became more of a thing of, okay, could I see myself going to these schools? So I applied to a lot of the really big universities in big cities. Like I applied to U of T, McGill. UBC and then I also applied to schools that were in smaller towns like I applied to Western and Dalhousie and from there it became more a thing of does it have the ability to do the extracurriculars that I really wanted are these extracurriculars held in pretty like high regard and being in a big city I figured I was really important to me I just really wanted to be somewhere where I was able to do things and be able to explore the city and growing up in a big city I wanted to still have that experience and from there I kind of just decided that McGill would be a really good place for me because it's in that big city. You know, I speak French, so I wanted to be able to go somewhere where I'd have the opportunity to practice. And also, you know, it's such a prestigious school in Canada and it has also pretty like prestigious extracurriculars. Um, like our model UN team is like an award-winning team and that was something that I really wanted to get involved in too. So having those opportunities, I feel like it just kind of felt like the perfect fit when I considered everything that was kind of important to me on the school. And how did you decide on a major in political science and your minor? Yeah, so I always kind of knew that I wanted to do a major in political science. When I got into grade 11, I actually for a long time had wanted to go into science and be a doctor. And then I took grade 11 physics and decided that it was not for me at all. So I decided, you know what, I'll just major in political science, do a Bachelor of Arts and it'll be good. And McGill has an actually really interesting first year program where instead of having you declare majors and minors right away, it gives you the opportunity to take different courses in different kinds of groups or subsections. And from there, I kind of had to take a kind of humanities course. So I ended up taking some philosophy courses and I never taken those in high school and I figured out that I just really liked it. I really liked the style of teaching it and I was really interested in the content and it's very common at McGill to be doing like either majors and double minors or double majors and a minor and things like that. So because of that I just kind of decided that it would be a fun thing to do to be able to do a major in political science which was like I saw the courses and they all look super interesting especially in the upper years and then because I had already taken courses in philosophy and international development 
development, I figured it'd be a fun thing to kind of keep going with. And I was still able to take certain electives, like I took French these past two terms, and that was also really fun. And speaking of like the transition from high school to university, can you speak on your Model UN and mock trial experiences and maybe how they differed from like high school to university? Yeah, definitely. So I can start with Model UN because I feel as though, yeah, it's the first one. So I started doing Model UN because my school hosted a Model UN conference and it was just kind of like not even a thing of being incredibly interested in Model UN. I kind of stumbled into it a little bit. It was just kind of a custom for students in grades 10 and 11 and 12 kind of either volunteer for that conference or to be kind of delegates at that conference. So I was like, you know what, I'll sign up in grade 11. Again, I kind of just changed my mind as to wanting to go in science. So I was like, I guess I'll broaden my horizons and sign up for this. And it ended up being a really cool experience. I met a lot of great people, some of which I'm still friends with today. And having that opportunity to do that was really fun. And then once I got to university with Model UN, I wanted to still do it, but I wasn't sure about whether I was good enough or not to be on a traveling team or anything like that. So I decided to volunteer for McGill's to Model UN conferences that we do and that was a really great experience it was a lot of fun it was definitely um a little more stressful just because those conferences are like very well known and very much like people go to them because they want to win and they're good at model un and things like that so definitely the stakes were a bit higher and then this year i decided well i guess i'll try to join this team and we'll see how it goes and i ended up getting in and it was awesome i mean it was completely different to do it in a university setting as opposed to a high school setting you know it really felt like you were there with people that wanted to be there with you and people that really had a passion for it and I've met amazing people doing it and I've been able to go to different conferences I went to one at U Chicago one at Georgetown we go to one at Harvard it's crazy that we've been able to go to such prestigious and things I could never have even imagined and then for mock trial I joined it in grade 12 because my friend was one of the executives so that's another thing that I kind of like stumbled into. I just decided to do it because she told me that I might be good at it because I'd done acting in the past. And she was like, oh, I feel like that could be a transferable skill. And I was like, okay. So we made that team and we were able to travel to New York City and compete in an international competition. So we were with teams from all 50 states and then some from like the UK, from Ireland, things like that. And that was an amazing experience. We actually ended up placing 11th overall at the entire competition, which was crazy. Like, I did not expect us to do that well. I mean, obviously, I have my team to thank. Like, they were amazing and amazingly well-prepared. But it was a surreal experience to go into this area where I didn't even know what I felt like I was doing. And to be with these people who had courtrooms in their schools and to be competing alongside them was crazy. So I knew that that was something that I really wanted to continue in university and actually kind of impacted my decision because I really needed to know like one of the big things was I was deciding between U of T and McGill and I didn't know whether McGill had a mock trial team so I had to look and like do a bunch of research to figure it out because I was like if they don't have a mock trial team I don't know if I can go there and I figured out that they did and it's been a new team that was created I think two years ago so it's been really interesting to be a part of that kind of building of the team and being able to kind of be a part of that and now I've become the vice president 
Department of Eternal Affairs. Um, <laughs> and it's been really good to see the ways that it's kind of built up. A difference that I've seen in mock trial and university is that it's often run by individual universities themselves. So like McGill hosts a mock trial competition and U of T hosts a mock trial competition. So it's not like in high school where they would, you know, just send us to the US to this outside run mock trial competition. And I've also just figured out that Canadian mock trial is a great experience, but it definitely is getting bigger and getting more prominent than it used to be. And in the States, it's just crazy. Like anytime you go to the US and you ask them about mock trial, they are really, really into it. So having the opportunity to be able to go to the United States as a Canadian team, we went to one last year before everything happened. And we were the first team from Canada that had ever been to that competition. That was a really great opportunity. And I think that Canadian mock trial in general is really on the rise. And it's been really good to be a part of that kind of rising and that kind of coming into prominence, especially as kind of a leader, I think. Congratulations on those positions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so you talked about how you joined these clubs in grade 11 and 12, which is like normally when people start applying to university. So would you say it's better to prepare all of your extracurriculars or kind of discover them along the way? I think that's a really good question. I think it really depends on where you're applying. I think people sometimes have the belief that Canadian universities are going to be as stringent as like Ivy League in terms of looking at what you're doing or your involvement. Whereas I haven't found that with Canadian universities, they're going to be looking at things from like grade nine and 10 and be looking at it and be like, oh, well, you weren't part of this club in grade nine. So obviously you didn't really care about it. Yeah, I think preparing extracurriculars, you know, there are things that I've done since I was in grade 9 to grade 12. Like I was in my school's band and choir from grade 9 to grade 12 and that was really nice to have a kind of a base. But yeah, I think exploring and figuring out what you like and what you want to do is really done through extracurriculars and it's never too late to join something and you never know something that you might join. You might end up being really good at. So yeah, I think it all depends on where you want to go and what you want to do. Obviously, I can't really speak to like the American experience. <laughs> That's not really my area of expertise but yeah I think that it's never too late to join and just have fun along the way do things you like and if you stumble into something that you're really good at and really enjoy then I think that that will shine through in any application you do and any choice that you make when it comes to university. Can you talk a little bit more about your journey and discovering that you know perhaps laws for you that your interest in law? Yeah I mean both of my parents are lawyers so it was always something that I was really accustomed to at a young age but I think because of that it also kind of drove me a away from it a little bit you know you want to be able to do something that's different from your parents things like that and so I was really convinced okay I'm going to go into science I'm going to have lots of fun with that so I went to high school you know with that in mind and I took a bunch of science courses I took like bio chem physics and everything and I don't know I wasn't quite getting it I wasn't always top of my class in those subjects and I realized that I actually ended up doing way better in English and history and things like that and that was a really interesting discovery for me and because of those extracurriculars I was able to realize hey I don't like physics and I don't want to take it next year so I went to go talk to my guidance counselor and he told me well you realize even if you don't take physics in grade 12 you'll have to take it in first year university and I went oh 
And <laughs> I took some time to think about it with my parents. And I just decided that it wasn't something I really wanted to do. You know, I really wanted to take law in high school and I wanted to be able to experience that. And I think that that law class was actually one of the main things that propelled me from, you know, Bachelor of Arts to a law career because I loved that law class. We learned about theory, we learned about the charter and things like that. And being able to have that really solidified, okay, I want to do law and doing mock trial. I loved it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I think that was what it was mainly. All right. So what is your most important leadership lesson you've learned throughout, you know, the couple of years in uni and in high school as well? Yeah, I think that you should never be afraid to admit that you don't know something. I think that in so many types of leadership positions, you're kind of expected to know everything that you're talking about and be on top and never show any kinds of cracks that maybe you're a little bit confused or you're a little lost. But I feel as though in that kind of leadership position, especially when you're being a kind of mentor to your peers and people that are kind of the same age as you, it actually really helps a lot for them to feel like you're not an infallible person, that you can make mistakes and you can admit to making those mistakes and admit that maybe you're a little bit confused and being able to ask for help from those people and from those support systems has been a really interesting lesson for me to learn and just not being afraid to show that you're human I think will also just make you a much more approachable figure you know you don't want to be someone with an iron fist and then in the background be really scared and really upset you know yeah definitely we can definitely relate with that <laughs> <laughs> following up on that how do you approach approach risk? I think I approach risk with, you know, I think you have to approach risk from hitting it head on. I think that any sort of risk that comes in your life is going to be one that you have to think about a lot. And I think that's just the nature of like having risks, of having life, of having these decisions to make. But when I was in the position where I could either choose to do a degree in science or choose to do a degree in art, you know, it was risky. I had spent my entire life building up to a career in science. I had taken all of these courses and it really felt like I had to start over but you know talking to people around you getting those pieces of advice from people that you trust and people that you know know you can be a really good way to approach something that's really risky and in the end I'm just very glad that I was able to take that risk and kind of hit it head on because if I hadn't I wouldn't be here today so it was definitely a good decision in the end. So I guess the next question would be like how do you maintain schoolwork and all your extracurriculars and also ensuring that you have a good mental health and ensuring that you are doing great yeah, so I feel like it's been a bit easier this year just because, you know, I don't really have to go to school that often, you know, I'm able to spend more time with people closer to me just because they're here. But I feel like that's also been a much more difficult task, you know, not being able to go outside, not being able to do things. And especially I feel like everybody can kind of relate to the online class of not really having an end to your day. And that was something that was really difficult for me to overcome this year of just feeling as though I should be working all the time or doing readings or if I'm not doing readings then working ahead and it was really helpful for me to set a kind of dead that okay you're going to finish your work at 6 30 and then you're going to finish the work at 6 30 and then you are going to watch a movie with your roommates or you're going to go to the park and have a picnic and being able to have those opportunities I had the great fortune of living with like some of my best friends this year which I know was not something that everybody had during the pandemic 
like and being able to lean on them and seeing their struggles and seeing that I wasn't alone in those kinds of struggles was really good for me and yeah just being able to set aside the time for yourself and being able to have the kind of set times when you're going to do one thing versus another and also I have a calendar so that has been very helpful to have to be able to jot down when I have my online meetings or when I have in-person things to do it's been very helpful because of tracking online versus in-person stuff. Speaking on like the pandemic how has like the campus life changed during this time? It's definitely changed a lot. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know it when the weather gets warm. I feel like a lot of people had a great fortune of being able to be in residence this year, which was something that McGill was able to do safely with the COVID protocol. But it's definitely very different. You know, not being able to see people in person has been very difficult. It's been hard to form those kinds of connections with people that you're meeting for the first time when, you know, you've never seen them. But recently, Quebec has actually kind of loosened some of its COVID protocols, so we've been able to see some people in person so especially for things like model un you know i'd never seen some of these people in person and then seeing them in front of me in real life was just such a surreal experience and i feel like that's going to be a really fun experience for people to have after the pandemic is over of just whoa you're a real person or you're shorter or you're taller than i expected and things like that but yeah it's definitely changed a lot but the spirit is still there you know i still have amazing professors i've been able to get closer with i've definitely strengthen a lot of the bonds with my friends just by being able to be trapped with them in my apartment for the better part of the year. So that's been good. So I guess, is there any advice you have for, you know, those students doing online school? Yeah, any advice on how to cope with that? Yeah, just do what you can to try and get out of the online room. Try and get out of the situation that you're with when you can, you know. Try your best. I definitely am trying not to hold myself to the standards of before because it's not the before times. Things are different now and you don't need to be hard on yourself when the world is already being hard on you. So just do what you can. Try to go on walks. Try to see people at a distance if you're able to and it's day two. And just, you know, try to have fun in the ways that you can. I've been learning how to knit and I accidentally made a sweater that instead of putting the sleeve on the sleeve I put it on the neck so now it looks like a terrible terrible turtleneck so have your laugh have your moments to have fun and just do your best thank you for that <laughs> okay so we have one more question for you if you had advice for your past self a past high school self what would it be Oh my god, stop stressing about the fact that, you know, you got a 90 instead of a 95. I feel like in my environment, I was so concerned with having the best grades, being the best, doing the best, and it really did not matter. Like, <laughs> I ended up at the same school, regardless of whether my average was like an 89 or a 99. It does not matter. You don't need to put so much pressure on yourself to be the best, because things will work out the way that they're supposed to. You'll end up happy no matter where you are so that's probably what i would say to her because she'd probably be freaking out about grades and everything <laughs> all right thank you oh. so much for joining us to giving us that insight into your life and giving us advice on how to i guess succeed uni <laughs> or survive it <laughs> no problem right. thank you for having me on yes thank you all so right. much thank all you right. so much have Bye. a good day Bye. Bye.